Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Saturday, February 3rd, 2024. What's going on? What's happening? How are you? It's been almost two weeks since we recorded last, which is very unusual here. Uh, in Beantown land. My name is Quinn and I am the creator, executive producer, line, first first line, first unit line manager. We've been watching The Wire. We're finally, well, I, I've seen it once. Rachel and I tried to watch it together once, but it was when we were living separately when we were first started dating and we would watch like one episode a week and that's just tough to do. Uh, and just kind of keep keep into it and remember all the characters' names and stuff. So over the past two weeks or so, we got through uh, season one, and now we're an episode into season two. We got Frank Sabatka. The reason I mentioned it though is you know every time uh, an episode ends, you know it flashes some some additional production credits, and there's some good there's some good ones in there. I think I could add to the arsenal. It's it's a lot of like line unit manager and assistant to the producer and story by David Simon, etc. But yeah, it's been a while. Uh, thanks for sticking with me as uh, we did a, a little Beantown faux pas, F-A-U-X space P-A-S, and recorded two episodes back-to-back and then just re- spaced out the release dates. Uh, but it was for a good cause. Matthew Fiedler, congratulations on the big wedding. It was a week ago today down in Mexico. I was very happy that Rachel and I could be down there for that. And uh, Matthew's been a longtime supporter of this show. Certainly he's been on every single season. Beantown's been running. And uh, easy to forget, and I don't think about this. This doesn't cross my mind all that often. But you'll recall back maybe like season started probably well started and ended like season three of the meantime podcast matthew feather and i had our own show called the white noise podcast and i think we released about seven episodes something like that and there's at least two maybe three never released episodes there's footage out there that lives on matthew's google drive somewhere of us shooting the breeze and talking about whatever we talked about on the white noise podcast it wasn't it wasn't like a peabody award-winning level of uh, podcasting, but we had fun with it, and, you know, it just kind of tapered off. So, someday, White Noise, the sequel, I'd be down for that. Uh, Listener discretion is advised when you're listening to Quinn David Furnace Presents the Bean Town Podcast. Number one, we'll kid you need some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. I will say, you know, Rachel and I mentioned we've been watching The Wire. It's been making some very conspicuous C-O-N-S-P-I-C-U-O-U-S references. Uh, it's happened twice now or something really just bizarre has has happened in the show that relates to something that just happened in, in my own personal life. So first example, we are, uh, or, or uh, you know, couple days ago they dropped tickets um they being the tour company whatever what i'm trying to get at is a prairie home companion which has been you know garrison keeler got you know semi-canceled and prairie home companion kind of disbanded in like 2014 and then they brought it back with chris thiele under a different name for a hot second and the whole thing shut down in like uh 20 i don't know what probably like 2020 i think pandemic took it out anyways um, Prairie Home Companion, if you don't know, it's a old school variety show from Minnesota Public Radio that was broadcast publicly on NPR uh, or nationally on NPR, rather. 
and we got we you know always listened to it in the car growing up where we lived in Rockford they would play they broadcast it a weekly episode once on Saturday at like 5 p.m. and then again Sunday at like 10 a.m. we would usually listen Saturday I think is is Saturday evening is what we would do um on the way to Bible study or something like that I don't really remember Regardless of that, they're bringing it back for 50th anniversary tour. There's not a lot of information on it, but I saw that they're coming to the Chicago Theater in July. So Rachel and I got tickets. Of course, I had to explain to Rachel what uh, A Prairie Home Companion was, which is fine. Like, if you didn't listen to NPR a lot growing up, um, I could understand not knowing what it was. Totally understandable. The reason it's crazy, we're listening to or watching The Wire, like, the next day, and I think I think this was just in the first episode of season two. Both of these instances might have happened in the season two, episode one. But uh, uh, Preston uh, Bodie is is driving a car with his buddy, and they're like leaving Baltimore, and they're you know having to switch to different radio stations. And a Prairie Home Companion comes on, which is just such a you know this is Wire season two, so it's like two thousand two, two thousand three. But it's just crazy because it was like. If Rachel was watching the show for the first time and that came on the radio, she would she would have no idea what it was, and she still kind of didn't. But I could be like, "This is literally what we just got tickets for, you know, hours ago. Like, this is what we're going to see, for better or for worse. I don't know if she's happy about that." The second occurrence, this was just last night. Rachel's gotten really into the crossword puzzle, the New York Times crossword puzzle, which is fantastic. My fiance is super smart. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, do you want help with the crossword puzzle? Like, I finished that in like 30 seconds this morning. Don't really need your help. But when you get to the weekends, sometimes it gets a little bit tougher. So I like to lean over on the couch and help her out where I can. And one of the answers yesterday that she had all but one letter on, and so I was able to bring it across the finish line, was my Sharona which is a you know one hit wonder. I don't even know the name of the band who sings it. It's not a band that um, is like famous or that I know. It's by the Knack, not the New York Knicks, but the Knack rather. So like okay, that's my Sharona, and then in minutes later, literally like twenty minutes later, we're watching The Wire, and there's a scene on the docks where someone's driving a car through the you know shipping containers and my Sharona is playing on the radio and it's just like this this is my Sharona that we literally just this clue came up in the New York Times Saturday crossword puzzle. So I don't know man. The the wire is something bizarre is happening. You know, season two, so it's all about stained glass windows in uh the Catholic Church, Polish Catholic Church. Maybe someone's gonna gift us a stained glass window or something from Sank Frank Sank Frank Sabatka. Union uh, 40, local 47 or whatever their number is. Moving past that, though, it's not the only Minnesota thing we're doing. Uh, actually, basically an anniversary present for both of us. Our anniversary is in late February. And so the last Saturday of February here, Al Franken, is he's actually doing four shows, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, the 24th and 25th, but Al Franken is is out on the road. I don't know exactly if it's just pure stand-up material or if he's doing any sort of politicking of any sort. For those of you who don't know, very briefly, Al Franken's a guy from um, West St. Louis Park um, or like Brooklyn. I, I've read his one of his books before. He's kind of from both. Maybe not even Brooklyn. I don't remember. Queens, not sure. 
but he was a comedian, a writer on Saturday Night, Night Live, hosted Weekend Update. His most famous character, Stuart Smalley, even got a uh, spinoff film, which I went through the labor of love to watch myself like a year ago. Not terrible, not amazing, but he was then a senator. A U.S. senator um, took over for Paul Wellstone, I think, when he died. Something There's something like that. They're, they're connected. Al Franken, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but let's find out here so we'll all learn something. When he won his election, it was like the closest or one of the closest senatorial elections of all time. I think the final count made, you know, Bush versus Gore look like peanuts. If I'm doing the math correctly here, it looks like, okay, so we'll just, you know, this is 2008. When the initial count was completed on November 18th, Franklin was trailing Norm Coleman, the Republican, by 215 votes. So it triggered a mandatory recount. After reviewing ballots that had been challenged and counting 953 wrongly rejected absentee ballots, the state camp, Minnesota State Canvassing Board officially certified the recount results of Franken holding a 225-vote lead, and there's all sorts of um, you know, lawsuits and stuff that went on. He won by 312 votes at the end of the day in the Minnesota Supreme Court. So, yeah, just 312 votes, and there were, what, something like, looks like about 3 million votes cast, and you won by 300. So that's absolutely wild. To finish this story, we were talking about Garrison Keillor and Me Too. Al Franken, if you remember, when Me Too was hot off the presses, uh, basically there was a picture on a USO, to- a USO tour that painted him in a not great light. It was a, a, a joke, and out of all the Me Too things, it was like the most mild thing I could imagine. Uh, he basically was like the poster child then for the Democratic Party saying, oh, we got to we gotta have a sacrificial lamb, pony some pony someone up. Um, and it was a damn shame. Not only was uh, Al Franken, you know, he's super funny, and if you remember the uh, Betsy DeVos hearings in 2016, 17, whenever that was, he just eviscerated her, which was awesome to watch. But he was legit, like, one of the best senators in terms of his ability to get stuff done and, you know, how likable he was and all that stuff. So... That's Al Franken. He kind of stepped back from the public eye for a while, but he's kind of back in, uh, I think, relatively good graces nationally now. So now he's he's back on the road, and we're seeing him at the end of February. So that's that completes our our Minnesota check-in um, on today's Beantown podcast. We're it, it, it's it's tough when you basically go two weeks without recording. There's just so much going on that I want to share with you all. Um, there's, I mean, there's so much to do here. Let's let's knock this out of the way real quick. Uh, yesterday was Groundhog Day. Thought about re- trying to fit in a show yesterday and doing something Groundhog specific, but um, just ran out of time. I had, uh, you know, I had. So yesterday was my first drink uh, coming out of Dry January. My first drink actually since good friend of the show John Paul Pendowski's wedding on New Year's Eve down in Alabama. And so not only did I want to have a drink, I really wanted to savor it. So I had a glass of whiskey. I had a beer from Obscurity Brewing, and I was really just kind of soaking it all in. And the next thing you know, we got our uh, sixth annual, not we, um, brother of the show, Walt Furness, and, and my sister-in-law, Kelly, hosted their sixth annual Bill Murray slash Groundhog Day party. So kudos to uh, Walt and Kelly 
on throwing that together. It's, it's been virtual the last couple of years, and they always do a great trivia game. And this year it was all audio clips, which was a ton of fun. And I don't know how long it took Walt to put it together or Walt and Kelly to put it together, but a lot of fun. Uh, great times were had by all. And I liked how it was like, wait, wait, don't tell me, where the, the points don't really matter. Because uh, I think I got like two right. And I don't even think there was a Garfield clip. I spent the whole time waiting for a Garfield clip. I was ready to ring in. That and Tootsie, which I did nail the Tootsie one, so that's good. But I decided yesterday, and if you're curious after the fact, gosh, Quinn, how many how many whiskeys did you have before you wrote this? I was in the middle of my first whiskey when I wrote this, which either means that I wasn't buzzed or toasted at all when I wrote it, or more the more likely scenario is that it only took me three sips of whiskey to get to a creative point where I felt like what I'm about to share with you was a good idea. So I wrote a poem for Punxsutawney Phil. I got to got to read it live on air at the party, which was a lot of fun. But in case you missed it, I want to read it for you all as well. And if you want to take a look at it, I would love for you to do so. Uh, we'll do our shameless plug portion of the show here for 30 seconds. You can go to beantownpodcast.com slash blog, and you can read all of our latest blog posts. You can subscribe if you scroll to the bottom and to your email address. All that does is means when I post a new blog post, which is like two to three a year typically, uh, you'll get an email um, knowing that we have a new blog post. So I'd love for you to do that. I'd also love if you subscribed to Quinn David Furnace Presents the Beantown Podcast, wherever you listen, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, whatever it is. Go ahead and hit subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating if you enjoy this program. Uh, and I, I will dovetail this very briefly into, because it's February, and we are here announcing the seventh annual Beantown Podcast Pledge Drive Telethon fundraiser. Um, I've reached a point where I just need to actually set the specific date because it's already February 3rd. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll go for Sunday, February 25th. That will be our Pledge Drive Telethon fundraiser date. It's the day after um, our Al Franken show. We usually do it on a Sunday, Sunday midday, so that should work well. So be on the lookout for more information. The GoFundMe page is actually live, but I haven't really distributed it anywhere. Um, I was uh, basically doing some, if you're curious, like why it's February 3rd and stuff's not up yet uh, for the GoFundMe or details about the the, the actual day of the event. It's because I was doing some pricing on uh, gifts, donor gifts, which we really just fucked up royally last year. So, so, soy. Um, we're going, this is a teaser and I haven't, I need to like sit down and get real with this and make sure that I can do this without losing a boatload of money. That's the thing with these donor gifts. It's a lot of fun. But it's not like, um, okay, yeah, well, your your donation is going to cover your donor gift and anything on the top. Then we'll put that towards the operating budget of the show, which, if you're curious, is our SoundCloud um, unlimited storage and then the domain stuff for uh, BeantownPodcast.com. It's like $200 a year or so. But what we've always done, or at least in the last like five years now, um, because I don't – I you know, I'm not – it's a it's a fun passion project and it's fun to have a telethon fund, fundraiser and pledge drive all that stuff but at the end of the day it's like you don't have to give me money for the show to stay on the air like i will gladly float the 200 or so whatever it is every year to keep it on the air um, because i turn around and i match every donation that comes in one for one 100 percent to a local charity we've, we've done the united way a lot in the past couple of years united way of metro chicago um, and that's the plan again this year so the summary of this is that I'm not making any money off of this. I'm 
losing money completely off of it. But it's fun because we get to say, oh, this money's going towards the operating budget, gives me incentive to donate to charity, so everyone wins. It's a win-win-win scenario. What I actually brought this up for, though, is, okay, so if we do tote bags, which is what I'm looking into this year, customized Beantown Podcast tote bags, can we get it to a point with, you know, like a no minimum order to where I'm not going bankrupt if... 10 people decide they want to reach our, you know, Topaz Elite Club, um, which would be fantastic for, for me, for charity, all that stuff. But it's also basically, it's it's a terrible business model. The more people donate, the more money I lose. So that's really what we're working with here. So that's what I'm trying to balance out. Once I officially get to a point where I'm like, okay, these tote bags are a reasonable cost. I'm not going to be a sinking ship if 500 people find out about this which is unrealistic, but in theory could happen. Um, especially after I got to plug my, my poem last night at the Groundhog Day party. There's at least eight, nine people there. I just want to make sure that I'm not setting myself up for a terrible financial failure, especially with a wedding in a year here. So be on the lookout for finalized details sometime this week, but I will, I will come out here today and say uh, February 25th, last Sunday, of february is where we're going to do our telethon fundraiser last last year got nuts we did a lot of songs i have i'll say this now i have an idea um we're going to do something crazy for this year's pledge drive telethon fundraiser not not crazy like oh quinn's going to play uh a beethoven sonata he's never practiced before and live stream it and it's going to be terrible not that kind of crazy this is going to tap into a different kind of level of live streaming and um you know youtube and twitch that you know it's not original. It's stuff that's been done before, but it's we've never done anything like it here on the Beantown Podcast. So be on the lookout for details soon about what's – and it's not the only thing, but but something that's going to be happening live on air. Um, and, of course, you know, we're not getting rid of the, the fun stuff. You can always call in. You can uh, – we'll have our phone lines open. Jerry Lewis style, Jerry Lee Lewis style, Great Balls of Fire, Great Balls of Beantown. Great Balls of Beantown could be a – a new segment. we got to workshop that. Uh, but let's read our poem here so that we can proceed. Because we got we got uh, a new music alert. Not from me, but something I want to plug. We got our trivia question. we got to thank our sponsors because it's been too long. We got um, this week on the campaign trail. And then I just want to briefly mention what, what could have been a full episode, but it's going to be brief due to time constraints. Um, a very kind of disturbing... Well, just we'll just call it that disturbing thing that Rachel uh, informed me about yesterday, and I don't want to get into too much of it because on the advice of my counsel, but uh, it's not it's not fun. It wasn't it wasn't a fun thing to hear. Okay, let's just tease it that way, and we'll get to that at the end of the episode. Uh, but here's our here's our uh, a poem here. Okay, it's a poem for Punxsutawney Phil. Here it is. O wonderful and mighty Phil, great seer of all that is wise, omnipotent, omnipresent, and certifiably omniscient, wonderful counselor, victorious vizier, ageless as Keith Richards, wise as that tree in Pocahontas, your knowledge knoweth no bounds. For you roamed northwestern Pennsylvania long before civilizations of old, and ye shall stroll through your tender gardens for millennia long after the human race perishes. Your pelt unmatched, your hide divine, your prophecy a covenant to all mankind. 
Let us celebrate all with which you bestow upon us a divine warrior amongst tribes, a leviathan amongst God's creations. Till the end of days, so saith the groundhog, let spring draw near. No shadow shall ever match my seraphic faculty. A happy Groundhog Day to all. At the very end, it should have been no shadow shall ever match thy seraphic faculty because this wasn't from the perspective of Phil. But, hey, one mistake and, you know, whatever that was, 2,000 words, that's not so bad. So there you go. A reminder, beantownpodcast.com slash blog. And I keep promoting it uh, to other people accidentally. It's beantownblog.com. If you go there, you're going to get an error message. I looked into it last night, and I was it, – so it would be an extra $12 a month to add that additional name and just direct you to the Beantown blog. Or sorry, not $12 a month. I definitely wouldn't do it then. $12 a year. So $1 a month. And I was like, oh, $1 a month, that's nothing. Like, yeah, I'll throw it on there. And then I realized I was on my second glass of whiskey and had a beer. And I was like, do I really want to be making any kind of financial decisions, big or small, when I've had alcohol? And the answer was no. So I'll say this. I'm at a point today where I'm like, yeah, it was uh, $1 a month. I could definitely go do that and wouldn't be that big of a deal. I mean, I get effort taxes, eight, like 8 bucks from a software test. You know, in a single day, it takes 10, 15 minutes. So you just covered the first eight months of the year doing that. Um, so maybe we'll do it. But I think only when we start hearing the complaints where people are like, we went to beantownblog.com. We couldn't, we couldn't read your Groundhog Day poem or your Euphoria recap. Or that weird-ass one last time where you talk, had that dream about a jaguar trying to get into your room. So much for dry January, more like high January. What is it, California sober, when you don't drink, but you're always high? Probably what people were thinking about when they read that Jaguar poem. Or they, according to my uh, website analytics, my SEO, if you will, no one actually read it. So that also is a plausible explanation. Uh, You can always email us, beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Say, Quinn, what's going on? $12 a year? Pony up, baby. I love pony up. It's a great phrase. Reminds me of the uh, Kentucky Derby. Top 10 horse name special year seven coming up in, what, three months here? Be on the lookout. Uh, quick plug, new music from Dakar. And I, I went back and forth whether or not I wanted to mention this because it opens a can of worms, excuse me, into the ultimate can of worms, the on cinema universe. And I was thinking to myself, how do I plug this song, which is Kick-Ass, a joke parody song that is actually fantastic i wanted to mention it because it reminded me of daddy long legs our tw- our season six father's day special song for the dads out there in that is a is a joke song but the finished product is terribly catchy and you're just like how did this happen that's what we're getting with dakar and again how do i explain who is dakar first thing you need to know it's a band you can go listen to it you can go find their youtube go check them out but it's a much like think of it think of it this way spinal tap they got some bangers bitch school one of my favorite songs of all time spinal tap is not a real band but it also is um it's not a real band in that it's from a like dakar from a fictional uh piece of media tv web series movie whatever uh, much like Dakar from a fictional web series called On Cinema, the uh, creation of Tim Heidecker, pretty well known, and then Greg Turkington, uh, who you might know as Neil Hamburger. But over the course of the show, you know, 
him playing a fictionalized character, fictionalized version of himself comes up with a variety of different things. Uh, you know, a, a, a show within a show called Decker, a band called Dakar, a million other things. They do Oscar specials, all that fun stuff. It's one of the greatest comedy pieces slash universes that's ever been created in mankind is brilliant. And there's no, so there's no sort of way to be like, Oh, just have a taste. Um, see if you like it. It's if, if you know, Tim and Eric, if you know, Tim Heidecker, you just got to start from the beginning and soak it all up. They did a five hour, um, fake trial that you can watch the entire five hour thing on YouTube. Um, that might be something if you want to watch like the highlights and be like, is this funny to me? If it is, um, you might enjoy it. So Dakar is a band within this fictional universe, but they write banger songs because two of the guys in it are like actual real Italian musicians. That's how, you know, that's what they do for a living when they're not acting as part of this band. So they're new music and it's a, it's a big like diss track because there's a lot of, there's a feud with Tim in the universe with his bandmates. And so they dropped him basically and their new song is Ride with the Devil, but like a, you know, a banging spinal tap tune. It's just like this music is actually legit good because it's created by real life people who are good musicians. So go check it out. Ride with the Devil, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you listen to it, iTunes, um, LimeWire, Napster. Speaking of Justin Timberlake, SNL last week, which I never, I never got around to watching. Dakota Johnson and Justin Timberlake. I did watch, I did watch the uh, Barry Gibb talk show sketch. It's a shame, man. It uh, is just it's basically the thing with the Barry Gibb talk show sketch because it's been, you know, over a decade or whatever since the previous installment. And there just wasn't anything fresh or new about it. It was tough. It, it was a fun five minutes because you just don't get to see that reality with Fallon and Timberlake, um, you know, doing their thing together very often. And so it was kind of fun to return to that world, but you know, you get like a minute in, you're like, are they going to do anything that's, you know, breaks the mold a little bit, a little bit fun. That's, that's one of my biggest complaints about these very popular recurring SNL sketches. Um, even the legendary ones that are recurring, it's like, okay, well kind of the same thing over and over again. And unless you are Bill Hader as Stefan and you can just, you got sort of the physical acting part of it down to make it so like entertaining and gripping. Um, it just doesn't, uh, it really loses its luster. I think a good example is the Californians. I can watch the first couple or just, if you gave me the whole series, they've done 10 of them or whatever. I watch two or three. And I'm like, this is, this is pretty funny. And I get to the fifth or sixth one and I'm sitting there like, okay, uh, it's kind of not that great anymore. And I know they're not meant to be watched sequentially one after another, um, in rapid succession, but yeah, uh, that's the only uh, one I saw from this last week's SNL. The uh, I, I oh gosh, what's her name? Io Edebiri, something like that. She uh, from the Bear and from I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Uh, she is going to be hosting tonight with no idea, no idea who the musical guest is. Don't recall. Um, I wanted to thank our spot. Oh yeah, so that's Dakar Ride with the Devil. Go check it out. I don't have my ad reads in front of me, which is embarrassing, but I do want to say thank you to our sponsors here, Home Pride Oregon. When you need your home inspected in Central Oregon, you don't want to. This this is a big decision, guys. Especially with those housing prices, you can't you can't afford to just kind of 
take shortcuts on this stuff. So go with an expert, someone who's been in the home inspection business, who's locally based, been around for years, Home Pride Oregon, heating, cooling, plumbing, electrical, so much more HVAC, the H, the V, the A, and the C. They'll investigate all of it, tell you where it's you know pristine, sparkling condition, and tell you where, hey, maybe you might want some new shingles. Uh, build that into the asking price when you, when you make an offer with your real estate agent. He'll give you all that good advice, doubly insured, so that if he messes up, They'll buy your home back for free. That's right, for free. That doesn't make sense. They'll just pay you basically whatever your home is worth, something like that. I don't know. Read the fine print, guys. 541-400-0316. Ask for Steve or go to homeprideoregon.com. Actually, we just debunked that the other day uh, or a couple weeks ago on this program. We realized that the domain name, maybe I should buy homeprideoregon.com for $12 a year and add it to being a podcast. That's the ultimate father versus son power play. Darth Vader versus Luke. Imagine if they made a whole Star Wars nine movies over web domains. That'd be kind of fun. It'd be fun for like two minutes and then the other 20 hours would not be as fun. So probably a better idea for a podcast segment. Uh, Home Pride Oregon inspection perfection. Of course, our good friends at the Samson Q2U series seven seasons in still crisp, still clear. Uh, and if you want to hear how Samson does in other programs too, you can always go listen to the white noise podcast. If you're thinking, Hey, this isn't what it's supposed to be, right? This is from 2018 and nothing's happened on it since. And no one's tweeting about it. Yep. That's the one white noise podcast with Matthew Fiedler and Quinn Furness. Uh, when God speaks, he uses a Samson. And I guess it's been since we last recorded, but a big, a big cuts by Q, um, physically uh, long locks of hair were chopped uh, since we last recorded here for Matthew Feather's wedding, wanted to look fresh, wanted to look uh, a, a new, a new do. I was thinking, do I want the bob? Do I want the weave? Do I want the beehive, the bowl, the bob? I already said the bob. That's poor form to repeat yourself. No, I went with a classic kind of, you know, like a, a, a three on the sides and like a, a six on top, something like that. Uh, nice cuts by Q. Uh, one of the oldest, probably not oldest, one of the independently owned boutique and barber shops here in the Northwest, uh, not Northwest, North side of Chicago, but we cater to, we could do catering as well. We don't have any food licensure, but like I would pick up um, you know, I would pick up like Culver's or Billy Goat Tavern. Do they have food? I don't know. I don't know if I've ever actually been to the Billy Goat Tavern or any of their locations. That's I dined at Midway once at the Billy Goat Tavern. I guess that counts. Um, boy, really got off the rails here. When you need a fresh do, something snappy or new, call the experts at Cuts by Q. But I actually did give myself a big haircut, and it's kind of spiky, but I like the spikes. I'm like Sonic the Hedgehog. Or uh, remember the old Redwall books and Redwall films they made? There was like a hedgehog in there. His name was like Ambrose Spike or something. I always thought his name was Ambrose Bierce, but that's like a real person, right? Ambrose Bierce, American short story writer and journalist. So I don't think that the hedgehog in Redwall was named Ambrose Bierce, but I may be... Maybe they share a name. American short story writer, <clears throat> journalist, poet, and American Civil War veteran, lived from 1842 to 1914. Wrote The Devil's Dictionary, An Occurrence at Albridge Creek. I remember reading that in my uh, shout-out to Mother of the Show. 
Jane Dennison Furness taught me American literature in ninth grade. That's one, I don't remember exactly how it goes, but it's, it's like at the end of the day, it was like a dream, right? It wasn't real. I think that's, uh, and he's actually dead the whole time, like Bruce Willis in the sixth element, fifth element. How many elements are there? I, I always, you know, I've never seen, I think it's called the fifth element, right? And I know it was a joke. It's the sixth sense, obviously. Um, but <clears throat> fifth element, right? What is the fifth element? I, I set out... Uh, I set out to memorize the periodic table of elements when I was working in Baltimore. I, was, I had all sorts of study tricks, and I was writing them down on sticky notes and stuff. And I think there was a time where I was I was pretty solid with the first 20. In fact, there was a trivia question, like a halftime trivia question um, at Charm City Trivia at Mother's Federal Hill Grill. Still my favorite trivia company I've ever played trivia with shout out to ian uh, our scottish host who was a great guy who moved back to scotland who was uh, hosted every thursday night but there was a halftime question where it was like excuse me they'll give you the the atomic number and so a set of five atomic numbers and a set of five elements and you just have to match them up and i think at the time i was able to leverage my studying of the periodic table and memorizing to actually get it correct, which was a big get for me because I'm not a chemist or any sort of STEM. I'm not a, a STEM girly, as the, the young kids would say, Gen X. But it has really fallen off for me. So what is actually the fifth element? I don't know because it goes, what, hydrogen one, helium two, and then three, four, five get wonky, right? Isn't it like... Um, lithium, boron, beryllium. Let's see. I'm not going to, we're not going to go through like the top hundred elements where I just want to see what the first five are. Oh, did I actually, I think I actually nailed this lives in the, lives in the back of the head, baby, hydrogen, helium, lithium, beryllium, boron. I think that's what I said. We'd have to go back and check the tape, but dude, if that's right, that's, uh, it's like George Costanza going out on a high note. That's what we should try to do here. Uh, I want to a couple couple other things. We got three things here. Let's do this week on the campaign trail. Uh, and I actually Googled this week on the campaign trail because I realized I was listening to to wait wait don't tell me and they were like they said something about Nikki Haley still being in the race and I realized gosh I have not been plugged into uh, the campaign trail since anything happened uh, at New Hampshire. I, have there been any primaries or caucuses of any sort since then? I don't think so. And it, I realized that. Nikki Haley is still in the presidential race. I just haven't seen much coverage. I haven't been seeking it out. All you really see or all I've seen in the last week, 10 days or so, is just regarding Trump and trials and stuff being pushed back. And Illinois said he couldn't be removed from the ballots. And so that's what I've been seeing. But it's not really it's not really fun vintage campaign trail stuff. You know, it's not Herman Cain detailing his 999 plan rest in peace big fella he spoke at DePaul while I was a student there I think or you know John Edwards getting caught with a prostitute and uh it was, was it John Edwards who got caught like down in Argentina or Chile that was someone else right that was like the governor of was that uh that was like the governor of New York or the mayor of New York City or something like that right I don't remember who that was let's find out politician and if you know email us being podcast at yahoo.com caught in south america he said he was like going to a fundraiser for orphans and turns out he was 
having an affair in uh, South America. Mark Sanford, Republican South Carolina governor, from June 18th to June 24th, 2009, his whereabouts were unknown. And he reappeared, admitted he'd been in Buenos Aires with a woman who's having an extramarital affair. He met her in 2001. They started having a sexual relationship in 2008. And yada, yada, yada. So he, he disappeared for six days in June, a sitting governor of South Carolina, and he was down having wild, crazy Copacabana sex in Argentina. Good for that guy. wonder whatever. It just closed his Wikipedia page. Let's see whatever happened to Mark Sanford. Isn't it crazy between knowing the first five elements, because I haven't thought about that in a long time. The fifth element, by the way, would be uh, beryllium. I, I don't know. I've never seen the fifth element. I don't know if they made a movie about that. It doesn't sound that exciting, frankly. But then Mark Sanford, which I never would have pulled this guy's name, out of my head, but just recalling that that story like existed, and this was what sixteen, fifteen years ago already. That's kind of crazy. What is uh, his his Wikipedia page really falls off after twenty twenty? Oh, he <laughs> he had a short lived presidential campaign challenging Trump in twenty twenty. Oh, citing his alarm of the nation's finances. Uh, but uh, didn't last very long. And that's that 2020 suspension of his campaign is the last we heard from Marshall Clement Sanford Jr. There you go. I was going to say rest in peace, big fella, but he's alive. He's just probably lives in South America. Good for that guy. I imagine him walking around Buenos Aires, smoking a cigarette and wearing the cool like banana canvas kind of thing, fruit of the loom, cornucopia, horn of plenty on their head. Uh, there's got to be a better name for that, but uh, I don't know what it is. But this week on the campaign trail, circling all the way back here, this is a, an article from PBS, and I'm not just, just going to read you the article because that's just like stealing journalism basically. But um, this week on the campaign trail, there's a lot of – and I wanted to share this because I learned this. It's an increase in swatting, S-W-A-T-T-I-N-G with members in Congress and people on the campaign trail like Nikki Haley. Uh, so high-profile targets of hoax 911 calls, including Nikki Haley, special counsel Jack Smith, and nearly three dozen members of Congress. So I had to learn. I saw the term. I was like, I have no idea what this is. Swatting is essentially when you do a prank phone call to the 911 and say, oh, this person, Nikki Haley, they have a kidnapping suspect at their house. And so the jurisdiction sends in the SWAT team, and the goal is not to like embarrass someone, but basically that whoever you're sicking the dogs on is going to get injured in the chaos and the melee. And so people, there's been a rise apparently in the last couple of weeks of the, these swatting calls to um, judges and Nikki Haley and special counsels, basically anyone going up against Trump um, in one way or another. And so it's a terrible, you know, waste of resources and time and you know SWAT could be taking care of the real the real bad guys they would say and so that's what swatting is so I learned a new term today and that's basically the most uh interesting thing that's been happening on the campaign trail because everything else is just Trump doesn't have to do anything except sit in court and he just keeps winning states so it's really um between you know 
the just not only the sheer fact that it's a, a rematch, Biden versus Trump, whatever, no one really wants that or cares about that, two old guys. But we don't even get like a like a fun lead up to the election. It's just I guess Trump's still giving speeches. We're just not seeing them as much because the media learned that to basically they learned from 2016 to just give him less coverage rather than more coverage. And so basically you're just not seeing his stuff very much, which is fine because he's played his greatest hits and he's boring now. But what it means is, you know, cause Biden doesn't really have to campaign. He's not switching up VPs. I guess the biggest like thing we're waiting on right now is who's Trump going to pick as a VP. But even, even that is like, I don't really care. Just tell me. And then we can have fun with it. But I don't, you know, it's not like, Oh God, the, the suspense is killing me on this one. I got to know, is it going to be Michelle Bachman or is Palin going to make a resurgence? That would get me interested. Okay. Pick someone who's interesting. Don't pick someone boring like the Tim Scott from, he's also from South Carolina. Is that right? We were just talking about Mark Sanford. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Ron DeSantis, probably not. I feel like they hate each other. Uh, we got two more things here. Um, let's talk about this disturbing thing that happened. And again, I can't get into too many details. And part of this is like funny and joking around. Part of it is uh, some intellectual property potential theft, uh, which I take very seriously here on the Beantown Podcast. We talked many years ago, maybe like three or four years ago, about making Beantown Podcast a trademark copyright. Never came to fruition, but now I'm rethinking it probably should because it turns out there are, there are people out there who are after my ideas. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Daddy Longlegs became a, a new Taylor, Taylor Swift hit, you know, knowing what I know now. Basically, without getting into too many details on advice of legal counsel, I have a fantastic idea regarding sort of a, an Avengers kind of Marvel-esque universe surrounding um, a certain uh, food, a breakfast food brand that is about to introduce something, a new advertising campaign is all I can really legally say. And there's this whole kind of world building aspect that could go into this to really take this, let's just call a brand from, you know, 10th place to, you know, Kansas City Chiefs level. Like that's, those are the stakes we're talking about here. And I have a fantastic idea for how to sort of build up this universe, a whole new cavalcade of, of characters and phenomenons and experiences really. And there's a whole, you know, uh, kind of theme park idea that we're floating. And basically I learned yesterday from, from my lovely fiance, Rachel, that there are people within and associated with the company who have, um, potentially stolen this big picture jackpot kind of idea that I've come up with. And it's just, let's, we'll just, it's very troubling. Um, that's pretty much all I can say about it right now. Um, advised, been advised to basically dance around the issue like Len Goodman would, but it's disturbing. So all I'm saying is, you know, keep us in your thoughts. Remember the little guys, Remember to support, you know, small business, small business ideas, creativity, the arts. Um, and don't forget that when we announce <clears throat> or when we get to our Beantown Podcast Pledge Draft Telethon annual fundraiser here, 7th annual. 
in uh, 22 days. So if you're wondering how I'm doing, it's not great. And I'm just going to keep my head down and <clears throat> try to hang on to my intellectual property as much as I can. So that's all I can really say about it at this time. Last thing here, our trivia question of the week. Don't think I forgot about you. Rachel was at a boxing class with her sister, my future sister-in-law, uh, this morning. They've done it a couple times now, seem to be having a good time. And that made me think about boxing and, you know, Sonny Liston and uh, boxing movies. I actually invited Rachel to come on here to preview some of her or review some of her uh, favorite boxing movies. Uh, she said she likes Cinderella Man. I said, you know, what about The uh, the Fighter with uh, Mickey? No, Mickey Rourke is the wrestler. Christian Bale and Mark Wahlberg. But <clears throat> the trivia question and getting at here is related to the boxing at the Summer Olympics because the 2024 Paris Olympics are coming up in about five months here. And so here's here's what we pulled. I went through a couple different potential trivia question ideas for it, and this is what I landed on. So to, to, to clue you in, it's going to be more of an Olympics question than a boxing question, but we'll all learn something today. So boxing, uh, if you didn't know, it's been at every single Summer Olympics Games since its introduction uh, to the program in the 1904 Summer Olympics, which I think the first modern Olympic Summer Olympic Games were Athens, 1896. I think is the right year. I'm not quite sure. But actually, before we finish our question, we could actually figure that out. Inaugural games took place in 1896 in Athens. Okay, I feel pretty good about myself. Um, So my question for you here is my page just scrolled all the way to the bottom. I had to scroll back up. So there was one summer Olympic game or, or games, if you will, where boxing did not take place. It was in the year 1912, so basically uh, their third iteration uh, where it was going to be part of the games. The host country said, nope, not going to have it be part of these games because this country's law banned the sport at the time. Boxing wasn't allowed, and it's happened after 1912 at every single Summer Olympics Games since, so over 100 years straight now. My question to you, very simple, who was the host city slash country uh, you'll you get it right either way but they're kind of they go hand in hand with each other it's not one of these niche cities in south korea where you're like i don't know if that's south korea north korea east korea so who hosted the 1912 uh, summer olympic games where this uh where boxing was not part of it and i know that's pretty much like hey you uh I don't have all my Summer Olympics memorized. I have a lot of them memorized, but 1912 kind of fell off my radar after we hit the centennial mark. So I'll give you a clue. The country's name, so this isn't the city, but the country's name in its native language, so this would be like you spell Chicago, C-H-I-C-A-G-O in English, which is the, the biggest language in the United States. So that kind of thing. You spell, or you spell it... Here's here's the country's spelling in its native language, okay? S-V-E-R-I-G-E. That's how you spell the country's name in its own language. So if you need more time, you want more time to mull it over, go ahead and pause now. We're going to reveal the answer. If you're curious, the language, um, S-V-E-R-I-G-E, is Swedish, so Sverige is Sweden, and the host country, uh, sorry, the host city, rather, 
no trick question. It is Stockholm. So Stockholm 1912 was the only time after boxing was introduced in the 1904 Olympic Games where boxing did not take place. There's your Beantown Podcast trivia question of the week. That's going to do it for us here at Beantown Podcast. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for being patient with us as we sort of did a double duty on the recording episodes and they were kind of shorter and, uh, you know, not my best work. I'll just put it that way. But I think this was, was a fun one. We learned a lot here on the show. We had a lot of laughs. We had some spellings. We did ad reads, uh, all that fun stuff. So as a reminder, February is Pledge Drive Month. Uh, be on the lookout soon in the next week, I would say, for information on how to support the show, information on donor prizes this year. And the Pledge Drive Telethon fundraiser will be happening Sunday, February 25th, officially. Next weekend, Super Bowl weekend. Maybe we'll do something football-related. Could be a lot of fun. Otherwise, that's what I have for you guys. Oh, I forgot to say this at the top of the show, so we'll say this here. Thank you to Pakistan for supporting our program, making us the 112th-ranked comedy podcast in the great nation of Pakistan, Hyderabad, Khyber Pass, Kaliningrad, wherever you're listening from. Thanks for tuning in. Guys, my name is Quinn David Furness. This is my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast. Cue up that outro music. My name is Quinn. We already said it. Stay safe. Stay sane. I'll check in on you guys next time. Bye.